Hello, ASL fans. Welcome to the one and only podcast about 90% today about the greatest game in the world. That would be Advanced Squad Leader, I believe, if memory serves. Advanced Squad Leader. We are, I think we're in agreement on that. It's, we're talking about Advanced Squad Leader, is that right? And we are your hosts. Yeah, I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. We're here again for episode one, da-da-da-da, and it's really getting up there. It is getting up there. Yeah. And it is October... Six. Today. Are we going to think about retiring it someday? Someday or uh, after two hundred, right? Maybe. Yeah, I think we should at two hundred. We should kind of set that the way, you know, Jay Leno and Johnny Carson. They kind of set their sights. David Letterman. So probably in a in a two years, it'll be another two years. Can we set the it, sights lower? <laughs> <laughs> two more years at this rate, Aye. it might be. I. Yeah, at this rate, well, you know, if we're doing 18 shows, maybe 20 shows two, a year. Two a month. Yeah. Right. Uh, we, Yeah, we'll have another two years. Wow. Okay, well, hopefully we can think of something interesting to talk about somewhere along the line. So let's get started. Dave, how you been? Well, what I've are been, you doing? I've been just fine. Currently, I'm just checking the site. I haven't September seen September 11th, we posted 166. Okay. So this must be 167. And yeah, it's been nearly a month, nearly a month already. But yeah. We'll get up to in October here for you folks. Yeah. And I've got a busy October. I don't know about you, but got lots going on. I took a little trip to Columbus, Ohio for, for work. That was kind of fun. I'm sorry? Columbus, Ohio. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing related to Squad Leader in Columbus that I, well, well I shouldn't say that. Well, isn't that where the gaming convention is? No. Which gaming convention? Not Gen Con. Um, the one in the college. It, oh, is it at Ohio State? Well, Ohio State isn't... I don't know where Ohio State is. It's not in is. Columbus. It's not in Columbus. Okay. But Aslock is going on this week. Yes, in it Cle- is. In Cleveland. That's right, in Cleveland. Which is just a, a scant three-hour drive to the north of Columbus. So I, it's not like I could just fall out of bed and run up there real quick, unfortunately. So I'm missing Aslock, as are you. Yeah, we're here. As evidenced by the fact that you're here. Next I, next year, maybe. Maybe next year, yeah. But I did drive past the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base and was very tempted to detour into there because that's quite an experience. I saw that when I was up but a lad. Do they just let you in? They let you in. Well, there, there's an air, air and space museum there. Mostly Isn't that air. in Dayton? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's near Dayton. That's you drive wonderful. right through Dayton. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yes, we, we did that museum. It's huge. Yes. It's very huge. It's huge. Correct. It's one of the best uh, Air Force museums that you can get to. The other one is the Davis-Monthan Air Force Base in Tucson, Arizona, which I've also been to, which is magnificent. That's where they've got the graveyard with all all the planes that have been decommissioned and are waiting. They kind of mothball them and put them out in the desert. So you can drive down the road and you can see just hundreds of B-52s wow. lined up and be... Really? Be all kinds of yes, even B fifty twos. Oh yes, B seventeens. Nah, I don't think so. I don't think anything goes back that far. But they keep a lot of planes there. Supposedly, they can put the engines back in them and get them serviced in an emergency you know, very quickly. Maybe. So, and there also out there is the uh, Titan Missile Museum. So you can actually go down inside a Titan missile silo, sit in the command chair. We did that. Flip the switches. Yeah, I think they're opening one of those in Wyoming, was it? Did I talk about this before on our vacation? Possibly. I did not realize they were doing that. 
with making those national monuments. Yeah, which is pretty cool. So they that was not open when you were there. Yes, but they had the display room had printouts of what it was going to look like up on the walls. Yeah, and the we didn't want to pay to go down to the silo. We didn't want to wait that long. Oh yeah. So off we went to the Badlands. Yeah, which is also historic, but in a different way. Looks like it was nuked down, actually. Yes, yeah. Good, good relation to yeah. the connection. Yeah. So in the news, clowns? Clowns are, clowns are in the news. What, what are you it, hearing about this? Well, I just read briefly, and I'm really trying as I'm working, because I work at computers all day, I'm trying not to get sucked into stupid news stories, of which most of them are. Mm, yes. It's just clickbait. Yep, just the, head, the heading you. is like, Amazing. If it has yeah. the word amazing in it, it probably means there's nothing there. Yeah. You won't believe what they found when they opened up this shoebox. Yeah. And they're uh, yeah. oh look, yeah. some old, old shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. So I, today I did see uh, some sort of a title that involved clowns and people being frightened in Florida. Okay. Yes, that's old news, Jeff. Oh, it is. <laughs> So yesterday at school, the students said, did you hear about the clown? We do current events, but I usually go for big events. You know. Yeah. Um, I know I haven't heard of the... But, well, I know there's clowns scaring people. No, no, Mr. Kleinschmidt, they killed somebody. What? Yeah. Well, what? Really? How come I haven't heard of this? All right, I'll check it out tonight. So I watched the evening news. Nothing. Local. Or not local. I watched the national. And then I watched the BBC. World News. Oh, the Barnum and Bailey Channel. <laughs> British Broadcasting. Oh, Commission. That's a different BBC corporation. Yeah. Okay. Nothing. Okay. So okay. Should have checked Barnum and Bailey if Channel. There were clowns killing. <laughs> oh, I just got that. If there were clowns killing a bunch of kids, wouldn't you know this? Wouldn't it be on the national news in the United States? <laughs> if there. Were... <laughs> okay. Let's ask this question. We're, we'll have to ask this someday to. You know, like Tom Brokaw. If clowns were killing people, wouldn't they put that on the news, Tom? <laughs> so, yeah, I would think so. So the next day, which was today, yeah, I opened up with saying, okay, we have to address this. Because we got in our mailboxes, please distribute to all the students the clown warning letter from the district. <laughs> I am not making this really? up. We overreact to everything. You need to err on the side of caution. Mm. So to show that the school is aware... And to quell any frightened people, the letter says, you know, dear parents, um, it's come to our attention. We, we're fully aware about the clown thing. And, you know, so far it's okay. Don't panic. Uh, your kids are safe here. We have safety precautions. When you check in, be sure to bring an ID as our usual policy. You know, we have security. Um, just letting you know. So that's what they put out. So were, were they saying that it's uh, we're aware and we were taking precautions, but it didn't. But it's hearsay. There, it, but nothing's actually happened. So I told some kids first period. So I said, okay, that's going to become. I'll do my events of the day. Yeah, and then we'll do the current events briefly and get into the DBQ on uh, progressivism, turn of the century, blah blah. So <laughs> raise your hand if you believe that clowns have kidnapped a kid or two in either Canada or the United States. About yeah. 25%, 30. Okay, then hands down. Hands up if you understand and believe that the clowns have killed several children in either you know Canada or the United States. Again, about 35, 40%. Wow. 
I'm thinking, okay, now, kids, where are you getting this information from? Oh, Mr. Kleinsmith, blah, 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 chatter, 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 because the clowns is so exciting, you know, to have yeah. scary clowns. And, and, and then, you know, because we're so used to random shootings and, and terrorist attacks that they're boring now. But clown attacks, this yeah, is exciting. That's new. So, so, okay, you two girls, go to that computer right there, and you bring up information to prove it. They call me over. Right here, Mr. Kleinschmidt. And they start reading. Uh, 14 children so far have been killed in the United States and two attacked in Canada. This is a Canadian newspaper. It's called The Global Sun or something like this. And I could walk over. I'm like, what? Get out of here. I can't believe this. Let me see this. And so all of them looking down. Okay, kids. Um, It looks like a very real newspaper. But now I turn to the class. What do we do next? They all sit there and say, hide in our homes because the clowns are killing no, 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 no. Arm yourselves with <laughs> seltzer water and big shoes. <laughs> Be ready for them. As researchers, as people who verify information, what do we do next? Oh, well, you don't know. Oh my gosh, how do they not know? Yeah, they're 13. Man, they're... Um, okay, let's try this. Let's Google the global sun. And maybe we'll find out someone telling us what the source is. So we do that, and we get clowns again. For about five entries in, it says, you know, Tim Hortons restaurants to sell marijuana at their location. <laughs> so the Global Sun, and then it, below it, it said, the hoax newspaper. Oh. And I'm like, okay, kids, look at this. It says it's a hoax. Do you know what a hoax is? We didn't have to search very long to verify this. No, Mr. Kleinman, that yeah, okay, but still there were kids killed. I'm like, you, you find it. You prove it to me. You watch the news tonight, local news for Chicago. It'll be on there. Now, there were some clowns that called in a threat to a school. Well, they claimed to be clowns. How can you tell on the phone? You're, you're, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we're going to attack your school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. So that's yep. the, the truth, truth mm-hmm. Jeff. So, down south, they were in the woods, and they beckoned to children. So everyone said, okay, don't stranger danger. Then it was. Like, they really, did, stranger. Thre- yeah. <laughs> and then they threatened the school. Yeah. So can you believe that? In the afternoon classes, more children. It was up to like 80% wow. believed children were killed. And they were all frightened. And I'm like, kids, okay, here's what we did first period. Now you prove it. Boy says, can I well, I have it on my phone? And I said, well, what do you have? I got, he's got a picture of the clowns. I'm like, what? Okay, just because you got a picture of clowns doesn't mean they're... Do you have the 14 bodies with them? That, that Yeah. Well, no, no, but it's to prove that the clowns are real. <laughs> And he's not supposed to have their phones in class. So I'm like, well, well, what, can you go online and bring this up? No, no, it's on my phone. It was sent to me. I'm like, well, okay. He keeps reaching for his pocket. I'm like, you got your phone? Bring it out, and we'll take a look. And he's really hesitant. I'm like, what? Am I going to trick you? Like, bring out your phone? I'm going to confiscate it, you know? So we, let's see the photo. They know you. And he starts to, he pulls it out, and I go, ha! Yeah. Give me that phone. I'm going <laughs> to take it to the office. The entire class laughs. I go, well, no, no, I'm just kidding you. It is the craziest picture, Jeff. A blurry red shape with a roundy shape above it, like uh, taking a picture in a highly blurry photo in the rain of a street lamp. Similar to the one they got of Sasquatch. <laughs> less, less clear. The Yeti. Less clear than those. Loch Ness. So isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. All these 13-year-old kids, quite some of them quite frightened Yeah. of ki- clowns killing children. Yeah. And so hopefully I taught them a little about media literacy today. Yeah, good. I'm. It's never too early because there's so much crap out there to, 
that, that can mislead you. It's horrendous. You really got to be, and my, my girls, they're in their 20s, but they'll still come to me with stuff occasionally. And I'll say, you know, where did you hear that? Well, I saw it on such and such. Check your sources, you know, check real news sources. Check the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Atlantic, <laughs> Christian Science Monitor, Tribune, BBC. CNN, even Fox yeah. News. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. the clown killers know. ain't going to be on they there. Got, they got a clown on, uh, <laughs> on Fox. It's on there pretty often. The one with the small hands and the, the crazy hair. <laughs> no, who is that? Yeah, Trumpy. Oh. Trumpy the clown. <laughs> Okay, no politics. Okay, no politics. Oh, and yeah. so then at school when I walked in today, the this young guy is there and he goes, you know, think about it. The, this, all the real clowns, how they're being affected by this. Yeah. And they're probably in counseling sessions. He goes, you know, there's a lot of comedy material here. You, they're in a counseling session and the camera zooms in. There's a little, the, the clown's got the painted smile and yeah. the little tears rolling oh. down. The, <laughs> yeah. And we're laughing. So I get in the hallway and I stop a couple of teachers on my team, ladies, and I say, oh, did you guys hear what happened in California? Like, what? I said, a, a clown, like a, a real clown. He's, he was highly loved, you know, the, the favorite to hire for parties. And he was going to a party in California in his car full of balloons. And a, a, an angry mom stopped his car on the street, dragged him out, and beat him to death. <laughs> did you guys hear this? This is getting out of control. <laughs> his balloons went up in the air. And they're, they're, and they're just staring at me. And then they realize I'm trying to kid. They weren't laughing like you. Oh. And they go, Dave, it is not funny. And then I go, oh, but wait, wait. <laughs> and then the other incident was the Ringling Brothers Circus is in New York. And they had these two shows like 45 minutes apart. The clowns didn't have time to take off their makeup. And they wanted to go down to Hot Dog Richie's and get a hot dog. <laughs> And all the children were running and screaming yeah. away, and, and the cops pulled up, and they shot him. Yeah. <laughs> this is getting out of control. And they're still going, this is really not funny, Dave. The children are scared. <laughs> I'm like, okay. All right. It's hor- it's horribly humorous. Isn't it? It really is. It's just something about it. Yeah. Now, of course, watch. Something terrible happened while we're talking. Time yeah. This airs, and everyone says, man, those guys are callous yeah <laughs> so we're not callous people nothing no. has happened yeah nothing oh. has happened as of this point and then you're so reading you're reading the united states constitution or something that looks like it there jeff can't yes. a guy dress as a clown and stand across the street from a school yes and what about states that have open carry laws to carry yeah, license to carry a clown <laughs> i think that's Yes, I think Texas has that. So even scarier, yeah. the clown can actually carry a weapon around oh, with him yeah. in public right? with his scary painted face, yeah. I think. Totally legal. So so I'm trying to tell the kids, you know, these people haven't broken a law really yet. You know, I mean, No, they haven't. Showing up and beckoning to children in the woods. Yeah. Come, children. Yeah, it's creepy. I, mean, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I hope you wouldn't do I it, I wouldn't Jeff. do it. It's creepy to think about even. I don't, I don't like clowns anyway. It's crazy. So you're reading a book there, or is that I'm reading? Next show? Uh, before we leave the clown topic, and we probably should. <laughs> I, I can remember not too long ago, my wife and I were driving along, and a car pulled up next to me, and there was a clown in there, 
with the back seat full of balloons. Obviously, this was a Saturday afternoon, obviously on the way to a party. And a mob of angry people. And <laughs> just pulls up next to me, and I turn to my wife, and I go, look at this clown. <laughs> and I don't know. It you was just... No, this is true. Yeah. And she started... She looked, and she started laughing. And I don't know. You know, it's just... Just the way it happened. Well, because she probably didn't but see him yet, right? She hadn't seen him so yet. So she's expecting to look and see yeah. like uh, someone some guy doing wearing his underwear yeah. and driving. Yeah. But it's a very strange thing when you turn and look and see a clown <laughs> sitting in the car next to you. It's a very weird experience. I don't recommend it. Well, that is true about clowns being a little scarier than like the elephants at a circus. And you'd think the elephants would be more scary because they're so huge. Yeah. And they're wild animals. But, but the, yeah, but they're natural. <laughs> they don't dress and up. And there's nothing natural about a clown. No. Well, let's get on with the show, shall we? Got a little, uh, how about letters? Letters. Let's do letters. And that music means it's time for letters. This is our new and improved Letters music. Our new Letters music. We're retiring the other song. Because I know somebody said they're getting quite tired of the yeah. other song. I don't know if we're reading that letter yeah. today. And it's possible that Leroy Anderson would probably, at some point, want some royalties. And that. who's the performer on this one, Jeff? Well, that would be Adam Kleinschmidt. Hey, that's my son, boys and, and he's girls. he's doing a very fine job. Isn't he? He rocked that one. It's time for letters. Letters. Well done. And he took a bow there at the end. All right, let's get started. We got a letter here from Space Cowboy, who left us a comment on the website on comment uh, on episode 161, Get the Gifford. He says, back in 1995, from the pages of the Avalon Hill General, apparently the area data was completely stolen primaries and backups that is the um that rating system that gifford was talking about oh okay you know you remember that better than i do Mm -hmm. was stolen okay so this is making sense to you so far yes okay (laughs) i had did did you notice the puzzled look on my face that's why i had to explain what area was i forgot you weren't reading the general in 1980 i was not reading the general back then uh, so then it has apparently some quote here from the... From Thief? The, yeah. We, well, from the general. We maybe. have your aerial We material. at Avalon Hill were visited oh. by a tragedy that pales in contrast to a terrorist bombing, but nonetheless has devastating effect to those of us who work at the Hill. At the Hill. On Sunday, April 23rd, Avalon Hill was the victim of a burglary in which a thief made off with the computer and an assortment of computer disks and tapes. Ooh, those were the good old days. It was a clown. It probably was a clown. Our thief, probably knowing exactly what it was he was obtaining, had just made off with assorted records of the Avalon Hill Game Company. The mailing list of our customers was his target. Among our losses were the complete records for the area rating system. However, no such hard records for the thousands of area chits processed over the years exist. Therefore, unable to restore the system to full capacity, we have made the painful decision to shut down the area rating service. No off-site backup of the data. 
Oh, wow. That's when Space Cowboy comes back in. He said there was no off-site backup of the data. So they lost all that all that data. Well, thanks for that historical antidote. Yeah. Antidote? Antecedent. An- anticdote. An- anecdote. Yeah. Antic. <laughs> yeah. Arctic Antics. Dope. We're Arctic dopes. You <laughs> can't say anti- antic. <laughs> anecdotal evidence. Yes. <laughs> so it sounds like they're suspicious, like they might have an idea who did that. Uh, they you know, might. The way they say. Yeah. I don't know. Well, they they made off with a mailing list. Now, what would somebody do with a mailing Some list? I have not received any. You you didn't receive any money, did you? No. Yeah. Or solicitations. We should for probably be able to track things? that mailing. Everyone on that mailing list, whatever they got in the mail next. Yeah. All together would be probably coming from the culprit. Yeah. Maybe someone else are trying to start their own, sell their own game. You know, something. honestly, I think he just wanted the computer. I don't think he cared about any of that other stuff. Come on, get real. Nobody wants your area list. Your area target type? Come on. Well, I have a letter from Mark Riley. Just finished listening to this. Oh, the show with Gifford. Get that man Gifford back soon. So interesting to hear about the history of ASL and the personalities behind the greatest game in the world. Also, you guys don't have to say much as Gifford doesn't do pausing, let alone stops. Yeah, that worked out really well for us. It did. You know, those interviews are great. Yeah. We just sit here and then... Realize the person has stopped talking, and then we go, we quickly look at each other and go, oh, "Yeah, what, quick, what, quick what, what's happening?" Quick question: Ask him about clowns. <laughs> so yes, great, great interview. Shame he didn't finish his training video series. They were superb, absolutely superb. Mm. Keep up the good work, half squads. All the best, Mark. And hopefully soon to be independent again, England. Oh well, Mark, you got your wish. He did. And my stocks are have been going down because of you, Mark. So can oh, you can do a new a new vote and get my stock values back up? Yeah. No, they're a little shaky now. They're they're looking for the outcome of this election, and they're looking. So for you're a, invested in like the the Bank of England or something? Well, no, just the market. Oh, the market. Yeah, the English market. The market. It's the, the whole market. You got all your money all in overseas markets. accounts. No, no, it doesn't matter. Wherever oh, they are, they all, all panic together. Yeah. If they I just... had enough money to have in markets, I would know what you're talking about. <laughs> We're gonna listeners. There's a donation button. Yeah. On this. <laughs> Help Jeff get into the market. <laughs> Dave will tell me where to put it. Well, also, my, I moved some of my mother's money. Yeah. Remember, I'm now executor of the yeah. power of attorney. And like an idiot, I moved it when it was pretty high. And then you start panicking. You're not supposed to. I never watched it before. I'm going to stop watching Your mommy's going to spank you for that. You, you know, we'll just wait a year. It'll all be fine. Yeah, it's true. So. All right. And we, somebody left us a message. Let's play that. Let's start it from the beginning, oh. shall we? Wait a minute. I'm gonna I'm gonna start that again from the beginning. But though I like that part where he says keep up the great work. <laughs> Just hit hit We might we might need a little more volume, it. so be ready there. Here we go. Hello, Jeff. Kyle in Colorado here. Just wanted to, to reach out and say after hundred and fifty some odd episodes, I finally have broke down and started playing ASL. Keep up the great work, love all the great humor, all the great information. Hi, Dave. Oh, thanks for including me. That was kind of him <laughs> to put you in there at the end. Well, I have one from the uh, Doug Pearson. Wanted to let you know I did get a C4 on eBay. I was also wondering if you have seen the Tractor Works scenario playthrough on the Counter Attack channel on YouTube. We have not. It is excellent. But wait, we did see the Tractor Works scenario playthrough. Maybe I'll link that, maybe. Oh, good idea. I've got one here from our good friend, 
in Scotland, Alan Hume. He writes, hey guys, hope you are well and enjoy, I'm enjoying the show as ever. Good news, for the first time in a year, there is a new view, uh, issue of View from the Trenches released today. This was back in June 23rd. Just in time for the European referendum. And he wrote that he voted to stay in. Oh, an so, enemy of Kyle. Yeah, sorry, that didn't work out for you, <laughs> Alan. He says, I'm really happy because uh, actually I have an article in this view from the trenches called Black Legions, all about the Italian RSI. Mm. It's been sitting on Pete's desk for a couple of years, so I'm glad it finally gets to see the light of day. And he's got two scenarios as well, based, based on the RSI. And he goes on to explain some of the other things that he's working on. At the end, he says... Uh, I will carry on working on the Royal Scots scenarios and keep my fingers crossed that no one else is playing any, or is planning, planning. to do any. So uh, if you are planning, knock whoever it off. you are, knock it off so that Alan can get his in there. I have one from Tim Swartzel. I think he's not written to us before. Well, because he says, I just found your podcast. I haven't ah. played ASL in 20 years or so. Wow. Just the other day, I saw Multiman Publishing has re-released the rules and other items. I wanted to check into it, and while researching, I ran across your podcast. We love to be run across. It's great so far, and he's only halfway through his first episode. Oh, well, Tim, please. Yeah, stop now. <laughs> if you're enjoying that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it gets much better. Oh. The audio. Yeah, program. you're Don't right. You it does. That oh, first yeah, episode? the first episode was pretty dicey. I mean, we're just, like, boring. We didn't realize we should just talk. Yeah. Remember that? I vaguely. We were like, it's been a I long remember time slowly we started doing jokes and then yeah. we'd see the other guy would laugh and it was like, oh, maybe it's okay to just have fun yeah. and stop talking like it's a podcast. Yeah. Like we know something. So I'm having trouble finding anyone who plays ding 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 around the Seattle Seattle area. Really? There should be the Seattle area is lousy with ASL players. That's a good Lousy? thing. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to have you email us, everybody, and Tim. We need permission to send your email to them, and we'll be the go-between. Yeah. All right. So if you or somebody you love lives in Seattle and wants to play ASL, let us know. We'll hook you up. And he says, and actually, this is from Left Field. I'm playing. I'm starting a company on the side to start selling games and gaming accessories miniatures pathfinder i don't plan on making much from it the margins are low i'm working my normal it job thought i'd love to carry asl for sentimental reasons do you know if there's anything that can still move for asl do you have any suggestions of where to look so i can do some research and more gaming and i've played only tabletop rpgs role-playing games in the last 10 years so i'm a bit lost i would not have advice um do you have your friend or what was his podcast about gaming stores he snores. Oh, Ben Clark. <laughs> ben. Oh, man. I hope Ben doesn't listen to this show. What was the... He had a podcast, the game... Oh. He had a podcast about uh, the Paper Money podcast, I think it was called. And it was about the business side of gaming. Which it, And it was a really good podcast. He did it with uh, Rhett. Rhett from Rhett Games from Plus. Games Plus. And... But he's sort of disappeared. I don't know what's happened. Yeah. To, to, to um, so, no, we really don't, don't. know about that, that end of thing. And this one's going out a little late, which doesn't really matter since most people probably listen to our show late. Well, that's so true, we're, I mean, it's really not the place to go for news. This, yeah, this like podcast the other listener the was on episode one. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of the stuff Ten years we've behind. talked about. 
And probably by the time somebody listens to this, the clown thing is going to be over. <laughs> it's going to be ancient history. Anyway, we got an email from uh, Alan Miranda. Carmen Miranda's brother, I think. I think so. Yeah. Looks great with the Lime fruit on his head. Coca-Cola. Yeah. Uh, he writes to us about Michigan 2016, which is Scorching Hot Gaming, Michigan's hottest gaming festival, which was, as of this reading, July 8th and July 9th, Friday and Saturday, at Oakland University in Rochester. Oh, Rochester, Minnesota, Michigan. I was going to say Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. Yeah, don't go to Rochester, Minnesota for this, because you'll be lost. You'll be the only ones there. But I guess they had uh, great gaming Mm, very reasonable. A daily ticket for adults is $8. On Friday, $14 on Saturday. The two-day deal, $20. That'll get you in both days. So, And there's a there's a link here for it. Maybe we could put the link on. People could start Let's looking for that it for, for next, next year. year. So, uh, And I guess they do RPGs and tabletops and board games and role-playing games. And I can only assume that uh, Squad Leader was, was handsomely represented. At Michigan, wouldn't you think? <laughs> I would think. Yeah. Hey, you know, that may be a place to go if, for the other listener who is looking for some knowledge about the hobby. You hit one of these weekends, you're going to talk to a lot of vendors. That's a good you're idea. You're going to talk to a lot of game designers, probably, yeah. and just gamers. Yes. Who will have connections. And you talk to the vendors, you say, what it's, so what's it like selling games? And he's like, <laughs> he's living out of the back of a little red wagon. Yeah. Yeah. Pitched a tent. Looks like he hasn't slept in days. Yeah. Sure. And I have one more from Grumble Jones, our very faithful listener and writer. Uh, it's worth listening to. It's a good idea. Guys, he says, I recommend check out the book Uncommon Valor, Common Virtue, Iwo Jima, and The Photograph That Captured America by Hal Buell. Mm-hmm. That's the title. Okay. Uncommon Valor, mm-hmm. Common Virtue, Iwo Jima, and The Photograph that captured America. It comes with a great DVD that puts to rest any lingering controversy surrounding the second flag raised on Mount Suravachi. Ah, uh, yeah. Picture was captured by Joe Rosenthal. Right beside him was the Marine photographer Bill Janos. Janos captured the flag raising on film and confirmed it was not staged as he and Rosenthal captured the exact same moment. Janos was killed near the end of the battle, and his body remains in a sealed cave on the island. Wow. Excellent book and DVD. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And, you know, but there was a second flag raising. Yes. That was stage but yes. they were putting up a bigger flag right so i don't know if you want to call that staged or not it's they're putting up a bigger flag yeah and so film take up a photo yeah. yeah um and it was a great photo yep so there you go so a lot of good books uh obviously Speaking of many books, many good books we've picked we a have book another for, podcast jeff yes we do dave and i are doing another oh, but podcast who, for those the new, who don't but know. the letters were brought to us by oh let's talk about that Tonight's letters were brought to you by Ritter's Krieg. Ritter Krieg. Oh, is it Ritter Krieg? Yes. I always say Ritter's Krieg. Which I went to buy a AP and it was out of print, darn it, from Ritter Krieg recently. Oh, okay. But they have a lot of stuff. Lots if of good ASL Ritter, stuff. Ritterkrieg.com, they have lots of ASL stuff. It's a great place to buy. They have free shipping on orders over any amount at all. Over a penny. Beat that, people. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Any amount at all. Quick shipping, very nice people there, and a good variety of not only the games, but also peripherals like dice towers and dice and things like that. Ritter Krieg should be the first place you check when you're going to buy ASL products. And they are a very 
kind sponsor of this podcast. We're happy to have them. Yes, they are. Yes, back to what I was saying before. Yes, we have another podcast. It's called Spine and Sprocket. It's all about books and movies. And a lot of times the podcast is about a book and a movie. We do, we'll do two podcasts in a row, one about a book, one about a related movie or vice versa. For instance, just recently we did the book and movie In the Heart of the Sea, which was about the whaling ship Essex and really good and enter uh, good episodes. I thought they were very entertaining. I had fun doing them. I had fun reading the book, fun watching the movie, and then fun doing the podcast. And even if you've read the book or seen the movie, we do a lot of spoilers. We don't care if if you haven't read the thing. We want to tell you all about it, including what happens at the end. But still, it's a good podcast. I hope people will give it a try. And the, our next selection... Next well, selection is? Next selection of World War II, we should say, because coming up we do have probably the next episode will be Planet, Planet of, the, of Apes, the Apes, the original book. And film, 1968. Translated from the French, yeah. On Pierre Boulet's book, yeah. who yeah. wrote Bridge on the River Kwai. Yes, so it's a tie-in. It is. <laughs> but then after that we're going to do uh, read a book called September Hope, The American Side of a Bridge Too Far by John C. McManus. And even though I'm only about a quarter of the way through the book, I'm going to recommend it already to people to pick it up because I feel like it reads really well. And I'm not a huge fan of hard military uh, sort of books that go into great detail about the different divisions and regiments and brigades and where they were. And this just reads like a, a... Really interesting narrative talking about Gavin, and it's talking, obviously, about the American side of A Bridge Too Far, which is taking a little bit different perspective than what Cornelius Ryan wrote in his book, and we'll be doing then the related movie, A Bridge Too Far, starring many great stars, including uh, Sean Connery, I believe. Oh! I think he's in there. I hope so. (laughs) That's A Bridge Too Far, Miss Moneypenny. You know, on my recent trip to mm-hmm. Columbus, I decided to do a book on tape, so I listened to Goldfinger by Ian Fleming, oh. read by Hugh Grant. Bon- Hugh Bonneville. Not Hugh Grant? No. Hugh Bonneville from Downton Abbey, and it's very good. His reading is very good, and the book is very good, and uh, Ian Fleming has really got a... If you've never read any Ian Fleming, he's a very good writer. Goldfinger. Exactly. Wow. Wow. All right, now that we have gone through the introductory courses, the appetizers, the meat. No, the potatoes, I guess. Let's do the meat. The meat. The meat of today's show. That's right. It's not about clowns. After all, it's about desert. Desert clowns. The worst kind. Yes. They should write a song about clowns that's nice like this, and people would no longer be afraid of clowns. Tears of a clown. Do you know that one? No. If I knew, if I spoke Italian, I could sing part of Pagliacci, which is about that, that sad Clowns, clown. yes. Yeah. But, but I don't. 
So sign mine, take me a dream. Gosh, is that just good? It's really good. It just, you know, just good music is still good music. I don't yeah. care if it was written a thousand years ago. Yeah. Is there any music from a thousand years ago? Uh, yes, there is. Is there? Sure. Yeah, a lot of that old music. They call it old music. <laughs> On the old doom, mis- doom, music standard channels. A thousand years ago would be, uh, what year would be a thousand, I uh, guess. So, yeah, there's the Greeks, Gregorian chant. Are there? Yeah. That'd be from that time, Dark Ages. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. How about 2,000? What's the earliest music written we have? Is there, um, I mean, there's lyrics for Jewish ancient stuff. Yeah, I don't know if they have the music Saleh. for it, if it was written down. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know what the oldest oldest possible song, Happy Birthday. The Greeks were writing stuff down. They wrote down plays and stuff. Yeah. Maybe there's some Greek music. I don't know. If anybody Happy knows. Happy birthday. All right, Jeff. by now we've lost all of our ASL listeners and... <laughs> Anybody that's gotten this far is just a random... Hanging around. Yeah. And it's possibly knows about these things. So, but we're not talking about sand at this moment, though I think that's coming up in your segment. Is that right? You're talking about sand tonight? Uh, Yes. Okay. (laughs) You had to check. Well, I I kept thinking of dust, and you were talking sand. I had to switch my brain from dust. But we're we're not going to start off with something interesting like sand. We're going to start off with something really interesting like hillocks. 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 And, you know, the hillocks rules are quite lengthy. They're very long. Yeah. But very detailed. They're really not that hard. Well, there's this thing called the, the vernacular version of Chapter F, uh-huh. which you can find on Mark our Pitkavich's... Pre- our previous... Uh, I'm sorry. Who? Mark Pitkavich. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Mark Pitkavich. <laughs> Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, um, we didn't we post this on our. We may have previous show. Yeah, we charged five dollars for it though. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's free on Mark's site, so buy get it from us. Five dollars, but ours is in color. Well, I think his is in color too. Oh, you saw a little bug. But it was yeah, there's close bugs to my down head. Here. I yeah. thought it was a big bug. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it was close to me. Yeah. It was a giant creature further away. No, it's a small creature closer to me. Yes, sorry. Anyway, so yes, you could get that and take the short version of Hillocks, but I, you know, there's something sort of character building, about, manly, about reading the rules right from the rule book. Tough. Yeah, We're going to be it's tough. Toughening it puts calluses on your brain. Yeah, we need to be stronger. We just need to be tough. Yeah. And so, so it's about two pages long, and it it can be a little detailed, but it's not too bad. So, and there's some examples. So there. let me hear you explain these rules to All us. All right, let's then. start off. It, it starts off really easy. For instance, if you're using overlays and you need hillocks, it's all the overlays marked with an H. I can handle that. That's really easy. They're brown and reddish brown in color. And all of the hexes on the overlay are hillock hexes. Well, they're so, called hillocks. No confusion there. Yeah. And this is inherent terrain. So, but you have to look at it because because there are adjacent hexes that might look similar, but they're not. I mean, it's it's subtle. I think the the shading is a little on bit the subtle. edges of the hillocks. Yeah, they start to fade so, out. So, so it looks like it's fading out there. Mm-hmm. So, pay attention, class. Hillocks is a a hillock is a half level obstacle. So it's like a wall, but it's bigger. Flatter. It's not flatter, but it's bigger. It's wider. It's thicker. 
Can we say thicker? And stronger. Yeah. It, hillocks do not have a crest line. I mean, they're only half, half level. It'd be silly to have a crest line for that. If you want to throw smoke onto a hillock, you can do it from an adjacent hex. That's the, the lower level hex. Just toss it up there? Just toss it there, and you don't have to have that subsequent uh, die roll of For one it to falling three. back down. Right. Normally, if you were throwing to a higher level, mm-hmm. you have to do a subsequent die roll. Assuming you get the smoke, you have to do a subsequent single die roll and get a one to three in order for the smoke to be placed. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it doesn't get placed. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that with a hillock. Excellent. It's, it's easy. Uh, as for movement factors and movement points, from a lower level... Going up. It's just for infantry, Extra cavalry, and Wagner. One? Yes. Hmm. Plus the cost of terrain. That's for non wagon vehicles. Wagons would be a little harder, maybe. Yes. I threw you off your game there. You did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. Hey, how about them cubbies? So there is, and I guess I didn't realize this, but when you're moving up a level mm-hmm. af- during or after rain, there's an extra one. That you have to um, oh. apply for for infantry and cavalry and wagons. On the hillock? Not on the hillock. It doesn't apply to hillock. Normally? But normally, if there's during mud. and after rain, going up. If there's mud. Well, it, 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 Listeners, uh, feel free uh, to correct uh, us. Yes, that would be good. I remember looking that up, and I thought, no, I didn't really no, know that. because there's no rule like after rain. Well, uh, <laughs> now let me just there's think a minute. Mud. Okay, I, I was, you know, I get a little thrown off, but here I'm looking at uh, chapter E, verse 3.54. Movement during and after rain, all ground units must expend one extra movement factor or movement point per elevation level change, up or down, unless using a stairwell or paved roads, road or slip and slide. There you go. Yeah. That's what I said. So... That doesn't that, that, that doesn't apply to hillock. That's what I was telling you. Okay. There's a plus one after the rain to go up and down. Yeah. Were you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I did. We went through a I lot of that too. to what doesn't I did apply. too say that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff, you're right. For line of sight, line of sight is open to all adjacent units to that hillock. Okay. You can shoot all the way across the thing. Yes. And if you're on the hillock and they're, and your enemy unit is adjacent to you on a lower level. But you can you, still see Yeah, them? you can still see them. Because you're not up a full level, I guess. Right. Okay. Yep. So it's like a plateau, kind of, isn't it? It is like a plateau. It's like a low-level plateau. Okay. Yeah. A low plateau. Or do you say plateau? Plateau. We started listening to this uh, <laughs> do we have CD a guest that, with somebody, us that somebody sent us Dennis this CD Donovan. foreign accents. It's fun, and anyone can do it. And, you know, it's very nice that somebody sent us that. It's not a great recording, though. It's Dennis a little, Donovan. Den, thank you, Dennis. That's why he sent it to us. Yeah. But it, um, the the recording isn't great, but the, I like the way the guy says, but Because, uh, you know, people were complaining about our French, so yeah. Dennis is trying to help us out. So next time we're in Montreal, I'm going to order the bread and butter. Continue with the buttocks rules, please. Yes, okay, I will. For units on the hillock, they can see... All, all other units on the hillock uh-huh. and, and units down, on, said. on the next hillock and units adjacent to their own hillock and units adjacent to the next hillock. 
So, oh, so it is like uh, you're on a wall, and you can see all across the next wall. Yes. And behind that wall hillock, because they're right there. Unless the units behind that second hillock hillock. are emplaced or uh, entrenched. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Yeah. because they'll be too low. They'll be too low. Mm -hmm. Units on a hillock can see over walls and hedges that are on the lower elevation. So when you're on the hillock, you're on like level level one half. So that makes you as tall as the wall as the wall or hedges, right? Six point five TEM. There's a plus one for being behind the hillock. Yes. Okay. For for direct fire, there's no TEM for indirect fire. Okay. Oh, okay. So for being behind the hillock, yeah, you get a TEM. I would have guessed a plus two, like a wall, but okay. But the TEM does not negate uh, first fire movement in open ground. Mm -hmm. A unit on a hillock can only claim height advantage. If it's a full level higher than another attacker. Oh, right, because it's only half level. Right. So if the other guy was down in a gully right. and you're up on the hillock. Yes. If he was standing in a shallow grave, for instance, <laughs> it, you, he, could, he could claim that. Or a really deep entrenchment. So you, you have to sort of keep all of those things in mind and then think, well, what if there's an AFV or a wreck in between you know, intersecting that line of sight. because I'm half a level high. How tall is a vehicle? I think a vehicle is a half level. Okay. So can I see over it? No. I have to pay the plus one. You'll have to pay the plus one. Okay. I love this part. Fire lanes. So for units that are, let's say you're on a hillock and you got a fire lane going out across the hillock. Mm-hmm. And then the hillock rolls off, and there's units on the, on the, lower the half level lower. Yeah, what about that? They're actually fine. They're not affected by the fire okay. lane. If they're infantry, if they are passengers, riders, or crew, and horses, no problem. They can they go right under the fire lane. All right. However, if guess they what jump happens up to up and down? Guess, what, guess what's happened if it's cavalry? You're up too high. <laughs> All right. They shoot you right off your horse. It makes sense. It does. <laughs> or you I, jump up real I, high. Oh, yeah. Or you jump up real high. Like a clown coming out of a jack-in-the-box. <laughs> hey, should I dress up as a clown for this Halloween? It's you know, cool. I think it's going to be really popular this Halloween to see, to be clown. I'll have to read that letter again, see if they ban that for Halloween. Oh, I bet they did. I bet they will. I know kids were asking. Do kids dress up for school? In eighth grade? About half. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of schools don't allow it. I mean just the top half? Yeah. No. Or the bottom wait. half? What? <laughs> Go on. Okay. You will notice that some hillocks have a, some hillock um, designations, illustrations, have a little darker area, and that's a hillock summit. So oh, it's the, does it, that make it a full level higher? It does. And that's depicted on the hillock? Well, or is that a cutout overlay, I think? Yeah, let's see. It's uh, It said 6.6, because I didn't look it up. It looks like it's part of the overlay, and it's going to be very clearly designated as a summit. That's a counter to put on That's it. what it looks like. I've never seen that, though. Yeah, it's a counter. You put it on top. Overlays H1 and H4 each contain a hex, the color of oh. level 1 hill terrain. Okay, so some have it printed, and then you can it's also lay there. a counter on it yeah. if you want to. If you do your own, yeah, lay a little hillock right on there, and that's it for hillocks. Really, not not too difficult. Yeah, I remember they looked complicated, and then once you just treated them as 
plateau wall-like things. Yeah, and if, now if you go through the rules, there's an uh, example there that's pretty extensive that shows you all the different line of sights and things that are entrenched and things that aren't. And so it goes through it, and it's not that difficult to go through. Too tedious to go through on this show, but take a look. Or and because I, I honestly I thought the vernacular version was a little too, lengthy, for too short. Oh, too short. Yeah. Oh. But it'll get you going. Is it time for sand? Oh, it is. That's the end of Hillock. Rules. Tell us F about sand. Seven. Sand appears as a golden yellow color in an hourglass. Ah. It descends at the rate of one minute per... Wait, do hourglasses have a rate? No, it depends how big the hole is. It does. That's too complicated for yeah. me. Overlay, labeled, guess what, on the back? Uh, a. No. G. No. S. Yes. Really? S for sand. It's a no, good thing there's enough that, letters in the alphabet to get us through this game. That's more complicated. Jeff. Yes, Dave? Sometimes I like to do a little quiz show. Mm. So is sand a hindrance to line of sight? What is No. Correct. Is sand an obstacle to line of sight? No. Well, not unless you get it in your eyes. Correct. Yeah. Is it considered open ground? Yes. Mostly yes. Oh, mostly yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mostly yes. Is it true? Hmm. Yeah, I didn't write a lot of details on that mostly. Yeah. I started to and then I scribbled it out and put mostly. Mostly. Okay. <laughs> so there are exceptions. <laughs> I think I'd get them later, or I don't, I don't know. I didn't say okay. read this rule. So. Yeah, okay. Is it true that if you nuke a desert country, the surface will become glass? I have heard that, and I'm going to say yes. I mean, not all of it, but the Trinity site, I think, has correct. certain areas that are That glass. is correct. I mean, not like it's not like walking on a mirror, but... Is it true... That if you people chant nuke them till they glow, do things actually glow after they've been nuked? Yes. I don't know for sure. Okay. I just made that question up. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna skip that one. Seven point three. Infantry costs one. Movement factor plus oh, cost okay. of terrain. Cavalry wagon two plus cost of terrain. Oh, two. Fully trank tranked. <laughs> fully tracked. Two. Points. Okay. Plus cause of terrain. Yeah. Half tracks. Three? Three. Why three? Because it's going in order higher and higher. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's, that's, that's good terrain. to know. But I guess it's harder for a half track. Yeah. Maybe because the Full, wheel's in front? Yeah, it's going to okay. sink more in the sand. Yeah. It's going to okay. slow it down. Yeah. It is going to slow it down. Okay. Good way logically to think about it. So then, armored car or motorcycle. Four. Plus cause of terrain. Yeah. And a truck. 40. The, well, the logic is broken here. Six plus oh, cost six. of terrain. Okay. Well, that, no, that makes sense. But it makes me wonder, because um, I don't know if you're old enough to remember this show, but there was a great show on during the uh, wah, 60s. Wah, wah, wonder why. Why, 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 You don't know that song? Uh, I think so. She went away. Oh, go ahead. There was a show called The Rat Patrol. Yes. In the 60s and yes. maybe early 70s. And I don't know if you watched that, but great show. I did, show. 
Enough well, that I got in trouble at school. Thank you very much, Rat Patrol. You got tr- for you so, got for yeah, watching for real. How come? Oh, are you done with your story? I'll tell well, mine no, after you. But go ahead. So the assignment at school was—I don't know if I've ever said this on the air—write a story as if kids ran the schools. It was creative writing. So I took that one, and the teacher came in. He was late. I named him by name. So we lashed him with lashes with a whip for being tardy to class. He mm-hmm. ran screaming out of the school. I can't take this nightmare anymore. Where kids run the schools. <laughs> it's almost like I knew I would become a teacher someday. And I described him running across the school grounds. He ran to the fence to climb over and escape. And that's when my friends, who I named also, drove up in their Rat Patrol Jeep with the machine gun up mounted on yeah, it. Yeah. And shot him down. Yeah. And I described the blood from my readings of the Dark Shadows books at okay. the times. Is everyone going down memory lane here with me? I am. <laughs> But it, you threw me there for a second because I forgot this was a story, and I was thinking oh. that you wrote. And I was thinking, did this really happen? Hey, wait a minute. You're chasing no, the guy? we had creative writing. Okay. And so I went on my paper out, and my mom said, oh, you need to stop by your dad's office on the way. My dad worked at the church, and the church was on my paper route. I do? Yeah, I stopped by his office at Ooh. the church. Oh. Yeah, now that didn't happen ever much unless yeah. I wanted to just drop in. Well, son, the school called today. Uh-oh. Yeah? It seems you wrote a story. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> They're very concerned about you. Oh, no. Concerned. <laughs> We're concerned about the young Davy. The social workers. Young Davy. He's <laughs> exhibiting uh, behaviors that are concerning <laughs> to us. He's, and this is before school shootings. Long yeah. before anything like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> and he said, they asked me, like, what shows you watched and I said, like, Ooh. Gilligan's Island. Yes, good good answer. <laughs> well, it's mostly true. Yeah. The Munsters. Right. Benign? All benign. Well, somewhere good, there I had seen the Rat fare. Patrol, because it obviously showed up in my story. Oh. So that was my Rat Patrol story. I bet your dad didn't know you watched the Rat Patrol. He Did he watch it with calmed you? Calmed the school's fears, though. Oh, did he? He said, well, my son's really a really nice guy. Yeah. He said, well, you shouldn't have named a teacher by name for sure. Oh. That was just dumb. That was it. Cross the line. And the blood yeah. description was a little bit. Yep. Yep. That'll do it. A lot of later uh, mass killers have done that. I've learned that lesson early on. Um, but yeah, well, anyway, what I was thinking about was that was my earliest um, exposure to North African World War Two. Yeah. And so, to me, it was all about jeeps going flying over the sand dunes with a guy on the back. Remember the guy, the guy in the back with the machine gun? Uh-huh. They'd go flying over the sand dunes, yeah, and all of the he desert shot the was teacher sandy. going over the fence. Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So you didn't think about and all it. the soldiers wore tight clothes, tight didn't fitting, they have shorts? sexy. Yeah, the British guy, I think, may have. Oh, yeah. No tanks in that show. Not that I recall. You know, I never really watched it again after it was on. If there were ever reruns on it, I that, didn't watch it. You know, it was the long-range desert groups, right? And there are several scenario packs about them. Oh, is that right? I do believe I so. I am going to have to, um, we'll have to research play it. those, yeah, mm-hmm. and research those, yeah. So where were we? <laughs> we were... We were somewhere asking if somewhere if, in the desert. if it costs an extra movement point to go up a hill after the rain. Oh, no, what I was wondering about the vehicles. 
So the vehicles cost four. I mean, these Jeeps in the Ramp Patrol, are oh, going, they're going like gangbusters. <laughs> they don't care that there's a lot of sand and dunes and stuff. They're, they're only flying. paying one plus they're cost of train. <laughs> no, they're not paying anything. Okay. And that was kind of a long way around, but that was my point. But very entertaining. And all these factors are reduced by one if it is wet or mud. I wonder how often that happens. Not not often. Yeah. Because it's easier to move around, right? Yeah. In the wet sand. I guess. Yeah. I assume. Haven't you been to the beach? Try, try walking on that dry sand part. Your yeah. feet sink in, and mm-hmm. then you get to that. I'll right, be testing that next week. Go right where the little water laps up onto the beach. Happy, happy, it's a little happy. harder there. It's easier to walk. Okay. And 7.31, bog. Vehicles, wagons, not motorcycles. Check for bog in sand or accessible, which means kind of adjacent to it, but accessible. Yeah, right. Accessible. Hexes. Yeah. Except if you're driving on a what through the sand? Track. Yes, or road. Or road, but yes. I'm really proud you came up with track. Yeah. And high ground, P. What does this mean? <laughs> what does this mean? I'm thinking of P in the sand. It's, and, it's a uh, plus two. Can you rephrase oh, the question? It's a question mark. Wait, <laughs> I can't. I know I can't. Exception. Oh, vehicles and wagons. Check yes. for bog. Yes. Oh, what are the modifiers to the bog if you have high ground pressure? Oh, I see. Okay. Well, uh, one plus two. Is that why you were holding up two fingers? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I, was... I just said it too. Yeah, okay. If it's normal ground pressure. Yeah. Plus one. Correct. Not fully tracked. Plus four. Only Three. one. What? Only one, not oh. fully tracked okay. to bog in the sand. If you enter the hex via a sand dune crest, haven't covered dunes yet, but it's coming up. Okay. Plus five. One. Okay, one. Yeah, how would you know these? Um, yeah, I don't know. If you I'm enter sure from they... an accessible hex, neg one. Okay. If it's wet or mud, neg one. Okay. If you're expending movement points as a truck that weighs greater than or equal to four tons oh. and not British built, yeah. plus one. Okay, wait a minute. So did the British have better trucks? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm thinking about, I'm playing this exciting game where there's a lot of action going on and there's, <laughs> there's shooting jeeps, and there's, there's guys jeeps and there's smoke and the... stuff like, hold on, I got to weigh my truck. <laughs> well, I'm going to go, there's a weigh station over there. I'm going to go weigh my truck. Oh no, it's a mirage. I got to keep driving. <laughs> Weigh your trucks. Who's got time for that? Uh, that see, that's usually where I just kind of go, well, is the depiction <laughs> of the truck big or little? Yeah. Let's just okay. say it's less than four. Okay. You know. Yeah. Or how about this? Roll the die. If it's close, we'll look up if it's a four-ton truck. Well, yes. That's always that's always a, a good way to do it. Roll it, it actually first. Is. Roll it first. Because if you go through all the trouble of reading through all the rules and figuring it out, okay, now we know. And he rolls. And you roll a b- 11. Boxcars, which would bog anything. Yeah. 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 It's... <laughs> Why yeah. do we? Yes, roll first. Roll first. There is a sand bog table that summarizes this, though, for you. Went to high school with Look sandy at this. bog. Here it is. Yeah. It just says if your ground pressure is low, normal, or high, and then it says, this is on page F9, in sand or an accessible open ground hex to sand, non-British built, British built truck, AC, half-track, or fully tracked vehicle. And then it gives you all the numbers with a couple little modifiers. Use the chart, Jeff. You don't have to look up the weight of the truck. 
Okay, well, I'll use the you. chart. I, don't know. I guess maybe the British, because the British had Whiter? had been in the desert, you know, for years colonially. Maybe they knew maybe how they to drive around. To, yeah, they knew how to equip their trucks and build their trucks for that environment. Or maybe wider tires, I was thinking. So we had the desert. We've got the Mojave Desert. Right here in our country. Yeah, in our very own country. So 7.4, terrain effect modifier. Yeah. Sand has a zero terrain effect modifier. Now, ordnance, or OBA, versus unarmored targets in the sand, the firepower is halved. Yes. Halved. Halved. If it's a bombardment, it gets a neg two to the morale check because when you bombard, it's like OBA, but the, everyone in the affected hexes takes a morale check. It's a neg two because they're safer. Oh, okay. They're safer. They're safer. So it's less chance of breaking, right? Yeah. Exception, of course, wet or mud, and it, unless it's a direct hit versus a gun, there's no um, TEM or a vehicle. Hmm. So wet, turret, wet sand has a different effect target on that. Huh? Uh, it's not going to cushion you as much. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. And, and you can emplace in the sand, believe it or not. Yeah, I can believe that. But instead of a plus two for emplaced, it's only a... Plus one. Very good. Because you get sand in your shoes. Unless it's wet or mud. 7.42, fortifications. No pillbox, trenches, or sand gars in the sand. Right. You can put in a foxhole, but it's half the TEM. So hmm. instead of plus okay. two, it's plus one. Yeah. Foxholes may be destroyed. This is where it got a little complicated, so I tried to simplify this rule. Um, basically, like each squad equivalency, so if you're a two-squad foxhole, and someone shoots at the foxhole with a 70 or greater OBA gun, yeah. whatever, or DC, that would reduce the capacity by one. Oh, is it making sense? Yes. So if you got two sure. squad foxhole, you killed both squads with a KIA or whatever, the foxhole is just obliterated. Yeah. 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 And we're a squad equivalent. So it should be easier enough. to create a. I wonder if it's easier to create a foxhole in sand. I, that's one we'd have to look up. But Wouldn't it be harder? I think it'd be easier because you could use your helmet. Well, I mean, you're not, you're not digging through. Oh, right. You're not going to hit the permafrost. Right. <laughs> um, but they give it a plus two to entrench. Yeah. Is that easier or harder? That's that's harder. Harder. Because it's going to keep falling back into the hole. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. 7.5 sand dunes. There is a sand dune overlay. It has dark, uh, on the sand dune overlays, there's dark um, line. It's a crest line. It can run right through the middle of a sand dune overlay, like mm-hmm. multi-hex. And that, of course, is that little peak that you're, you know, Rat Patrol guys would go flying up over. And there are two types, a low or a high sand dune crest. Hmm. Treat the high as a hillock, and they have these high dune counters that you can place on it. I haven't seen those. To mark it as high. And it's you you actually get a plus one movement factor, movement point, plus cost of training to go over that dune crest. Okay. So you're going up a little hill yeah. and then down the other side. Right. Yeah. So I always liked the crests on the dunes. I don't know why. <laughs> and then 7.512. Line of sight. A dune crest, hex spines is the crest, that dark line. looks like a wall on a crest. It it's, goes along a hex spine or hex side. It's half a level obstacle above the dune, treated as a wall. 
for line of sight. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yep. And terrain effect modifier. Oh, exception, of course, like you talked about. Unless, unless they're entrenched. Or, yeah, behind that. Or be Emplaced guns. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but this says exception. Entrenched and placed can see past the crest that forms the hex side of its own hex. Oh, kind of like a wall. The traffic modifier, count it as sand and plus one traffic modifier or hold down status versus direct fire for the crest. Just saying it's plus one TEM. And you can get hold down. Yes. Versus direct fire, your tank. Okay. And if the elevation is, of course, greater than or equal to the firer, then you don't count the TEM. Yeah. And in direct fire, like your hillock, does it count a plus one for the crest? Uh, no. No. Just going to drop in behind him or next to him. And lastly on sand, wall advantage does not apply. Hmm. The, the crest thing, you don't have to worry yeah. about it. Okay. And when that Jeep comes flying over, it's an underbelly hit. Oh, Shot. yes. So your tanks coming over the dune crest can be struck underneath. Nice. Give you more tactical possibilities yeah. in the desert. Yeah. Nice. Don't think I've ever seen that portrayed in a movie. The like shooting a, under a, the crest. Well, a, a desert encounter. Yeah, with tanks In a World War II movie. Yeah. Two. I mean, I've seen it in like Beaugest and... Beaugest. Those, those uh, French Foreign Legion. The French Foreign Legion. Is that how they say it? Mm-hmm. Bread and butter. Yes, they do. That's what they order. They do. And what do you have next, sir? Sangar. So as as you may know, Dave, mm-hmm. uh, not all of the desert is sandy dunes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't all look like Miami Beach. A lot of it is rocks and oh yeah, debris and stuff like that. Like Hamada, Hamada, Hamada. Like the Hamada. And uh, a sangar is just a collection of rocks that have been brought together in order to create this little i start thinking that they're sandbags for some reason yeah they're not no they're just whatever rocks and birds and rocks and lamps no i guess it would be (laughs) mostly be rocks you just stack them up and you create your little uh, well if you're following the oregon trail across that part of the desert of united states yeah you might find a piano you could find a piano that's true you and you could find uh people that have eaten each other what was the name of that group? It's the Donner. The Donner group. Yeah, you could find their bones and stack those up. Anyway, a Sanger, it, so it, it's kind of like a foxhole. Uh, it cannot be created during play, though, it, it's, so it's an SSR type thing. Okay. Um, and as you mentioned, it cannot be placed in sand because these are rocky areas. The capacity of a Sanger is the same as a one-squad foxhole, but... It's a little different because unlike a one-squad foxhole, it contain any kind. It can contain any kind of non-vehicular gun. So any size can go in there. But if the gun is in there, then only a crew or half squad can be in there with it. So you can't stack oh, a gun and a full squad in right. there because there's not enough room. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you'd need a bigger Sangar. Yeah. Like and then I have a little note here to read eight point three. I I couldn't find a. Good way to paraphrase this, so I thought I'd just read this directly from the sure. good, from the good book. A Sangar's capacity is the total number of units slash guns allowed beneath it, rather than a per side capacity. This is the important thing: a good order infantry squad, which wishes to man a Sangar gun, that is one that's beneath a Sangar counter, must deploy 
while in or adjacent to the Sangar location, but only immediately prior, prior to entering beneath the Sangar in the same phase. Now, so you can't have a whole squad and a gun in there, right. as we've established. But I, I just thought this was a good order infantry squad, which wishes to man a Sangard gun, must deploy while in or adjacent to the Sangar location, but only immediately prior to entering. Like, can't they can't deploy... A, a turn before? They can't deploy a turn before a, a hex away and then go in? It's Oh, no, because people would take advantage of that rule and say, oh, I'm deploying because I'm going to go get the Sangar next turn. Well, And then they wouldn't. And, and it does say that here because you, they, can, they can automatically deploy regardless of the leader nationality. Oh, so maybe that's it. Yeah. So they can deploy in the regular fashion if they're farther than. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if they're right next to it. To take advantage of that rule. They can deploy automatically. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. That's why I put that in there. Read 8.3. On to 8.4, TEM. Uh, plus two? What do you think it is for OBA? Uh, plus for Sanger, remember it's rocks. It's these you're inside this like Ooh. wall of rocks that you've built up all around you. I'm gonna go plus one. Really? Yeah, you're What saying. are you nuts? Well, I can't I'm trying to decide if they're the rocks. They're rocks, Dave. They're rocks. They're they're it's, it's not it's not rolls of toilet paper. It's, it's plus rocks. Two. Plus four? They're big rocks. OBA plus four. Three. And like entrenched. <sighs> Man, you're okay. Just so there. less than entrenched, <laughs> but more than a wall. Yeah. Yes. Right. So plus three three for OBA and bombardment. And um, what about for everything else except, well, for like infantry fire and stuff like that? It's plus one. Good. (laughs) Did you say plus one? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you Uh did. What about for uh, in close combat or against uh, flamethrowers? Flamethrowers will count as zero. Right, no effect. Close combat? No effect. Yeah, exactly. A crew and only a crew manning an emplaced gun... Can claim plus two. It's true or false? N- no. Yes, it is actually. Only the crew. Yes. Only the crew. A crew and only a crew manning an emplaced gun can claim the plus two. But So if it's just a half squad, I guess they, they can't. can't. Okay. So they're not, they're not ex- trained enough to hide. I guess so. Well. Like how much training does that take? I don't know. Get down. Yeah. Duck your head. 8.41, a KIA versus a Sangar by a demolition charge, ordnance, or OBA, or a high explosive from a gun of greater than or equal to 70 millimeters. Destroys the Sangar? It does. Removes the Sangar. What about an HE critical hit? These are yes, leading questions, Your Honor. Absolutely. Yeah. Removes the Sangar. Gone. All right, here's a, here's a tricky one. Movement with a, or in and around a Sangar. Movement penalty for vehicles. Uh, to go actually so go in, into in, the hex with into it. Into the hex um, or oh. through a hex or... Plus one? There's no penalty, no penalty for vehicles. They can drive around it. Yeah. It's a big enough hex. Yeah. Okay. That makes I sense. I guess they can see it. Yeah. They can drive around no big it. Deal. Uh, 8.51. A vehicle like doing an, an overrun. Can mush it and destroy it. I don't know about that, but it does make them vulnerable to the underbelly hit. 
Going over it, okay. Yeah, during the OVR, the overrun. 852, can you push a gun into a Sangar location? I'm going to say no. Think like you really want it in there. I'm going to say no. Like you really so want it yes. in there. Yeah, it's yes. Okay. You can push it in. Can you push it out of a Sangar location? You should be able to backward. Yeah. Okay. That's true. And I like this. If you have additional multi-man counters in that hex, hex can they help push it? Out of the Sangar? Out or in. No, I'm going to say no. They can't fit in there to push it. How about uh, out? Out would be out, no. Out is no. In? in is yes. Now they're both yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How can they? But they said they couldn't go in there with it. They can't go in there. They but can They tie can tie a rope around it and pull. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. I guess or they grab the barrel and yeah. pull it out or something like that. You know, there's rules here for trenches and sangars, which I think it's, Ooh, uh, you know, into too, kind of boring detail. Yeah. I, I think people should read just it read that. It if, wasn't, you, if that happens. wasn't all that interesting, but yeah. I shouldn't say that. It was interesting because sangars and trenches can connect, but it goes through a lot of detail about crest lines and you okay. know, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, we'll, we'll let people look at that. We'll let that, that one go. That's uh, 8.6. Should I go on to... Nine, number nine. Um, is that your last section? That's my last section. No, for, why don't I do Sangar. this and we'll wrap up the show. Okay. And we'll do that next yeah, time. Okay. So what I have, last thing for uh, the tonight's desert, all non this is um, alternative terrains. I'm jumping to th- rule 13. And there's okay. a little short bunch. You have broken terrain. This means you play all scrub that's depicted as all scrub as brush and make it inherent terrain. All hamada becomes crags that are half-level obstacles. Now, wait, uh, it's just I'm changing sorry. entirely the, the, the feel of the board. So the terrain depicted stays the same. It looks like all your scrub on the board. Mm-hmm. You're going to pretend it is brush. And this is an SS? This is according to broken terrain, according to special scenario sp- rule. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Okay, sorry. gotcha. Okay. And the hamada becomes crags. All non-depression open ground accessible to a Hamada is going to be called broken ground. Did we cover Hamada last time? We did. I'm going to have to listen to that. Yeah, it was, we should call it Hamada, Hamada, Hamada. Oh, Hamada, Hamada. Of course, of course, <laughs> the, of course. The broken ground is concealment terrain and is a plus one. So it's just hmm. jaggedy. Every inherent hex there becomes plus one TEM. But it's not an obstacle or a hindrance because it's all that little low to get the plus one. I guess you're ducking low. Yeah. And it costs two movement factors to go through and is a bog hex. Okay. So if you're playing broken ground, it's going to make it more protection for people on the board. Okay. So there's this general term called broken ground. And I'm it, sorry, and, and broken it, terrain. Broken terrain, and it has all those effects that you've the just talked about. The scrub is brush. I see. Okay. The hamada is crag, uh, and the hex is next to the hamada become this broken ground, yeah. which gives you an extra TM, because there's more rocks around it. Okay. Littler rocks around the big crags. Yeah, okay. That's how you think of it. Yeah. The step terrain. Mm-hmm. Think S-T-E-P-P-E. Right? Yeah. I think Cossacks. Yeah. Hamada becomes brush, scrub areas on the board become woods. They look a little woody, I guess. Yeah, I guess they kind of do. And 
Desert LV can apply on that board only if it's very dry terrain, I mean, um, environmental conditions. And you can lay down sand overlays, but they would be grain. Hmm. So the step, it's got the some step, little yeah. woods around it, and you can lay down this grain. Use, use your sand overlays. Um, you can change it, walls and hedges, into a cactus hedge. That's a rule. Okay. That infantry can cross it only with a minimum move, low crawl, or advanced versus difficult terrain. Right? It's a cactus hedge. Yeah. You're going to be going slow through I'm going to call that difficult terrain. Yeah. Yeah. And cab horses and wagons can't even go across it. Okay. That's how brutal it is. Then they have a thing called cactus patch, which you take your orchard hexes. They become a half-level obstacle instead of a full. They have a plus one TEM, mm-hmm. and it costs... Th- three times what it normally costs to go in an orchard because it's a cactus patch. Oh, yeah. Three times. I don't want to be going in there. It's never out of season. And if parachutists drop in it, it's an automatic normal morale check. Okay. Yeah, ouch. Then, Olive Grove, you take your orchards, instead of treating them as cactus patches, treat them as olive groves. Okay. Which would be a plus one TEM. And double the movement into it instead of triple. Ah, okay. So it's easier to get through the olive groves than the cactus patch. And again, it's never out of season, and parachutists would still take a normal morale check. Really? For olives? Olive grove. Hmm. And the it's pretty condensed in there, I think. Yeah, I guess. And the vineyard is the last alternate terrain type. That's where you want to drop. That's where you want to drop. Yep. <laughs> All your brush is treated as inherent terrain. Those are the vineyards, all the brush hexes, and it's inherent terrain, and there's a bog check. And again, uh, the parachutists would take a normal morale check. Okay. And then enjoy themselves. They would. Once they got into the vineyard. Yeah, we. We, we. Yep. So I, I love those little variations. I Maybe I just like the names. I like the I names. Like I, I don't like um, the fact that I have to look at the board and imagine it to be different. Yeah. And so I wish, you know, for as much fighting as must have occurred on step terrain you'd think with all the you think there'd be some step boards and there's you know, an idea me, there probably is and i don't mm. know about it i don't think so jeff is such a dope what about making we, we have overlays but you could make unique ones that actually look like cactus patches yeah and olive groves yeah. sounds like a job for sam tyson it could be a job and the bounding fire boys yes yeah they can make up it. a bunch of those little overlays mm-hmm. and things there you go. Call it a show. There we go. I think we're going to call it a show. That's enough desert for one night. Yeah. Gonna, we're going to kick the sand out of our boots and uh, get cleaned up and get ready for the next show. Yep. So we'll see you all next time. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Remember to roll low and rally very well, but, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. And may the sand dunes be with you. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Deserty. This is Deserty. I hope Sting doesn't get. We probably. Should, I don't know. Should we be playing this? Probably not. He's gonna sue. He's mean. Who is? Sting. Sting made this? Yes, yeah, this is Sting. You're kidding me. No. Yeah, get it off now. Yeah. <laughs>